Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey, friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you are well. The multi Rams, thank goodness, they are in the rear vision mirror. It is now about moving forward in the final nine weeks of your fantasy footy season. Yep, if you haven't done it already, move all those premium players that were on the buy back onto your ground. And hopefully, if you've been following the advice of Coaches Panel, and to be fair, just basic common sense, your team's better off now than what it was when you entered in three weeks ago. A monster episode. Want to get through it all? Joining me on this podcast to get us there, I got Benny Gogos. Hello, buddy. How you doing? Great, thanks, mate. Good to be on again. It's um very nice to be past those buy rounds, isn't it? I don't think there's one person in fantasy footy that's gone. You know what? I'd really love to go back to that time of restricted options on field, less of my premium choices. There's not a fantasy player in the world that should be thinking about that way. Uh, also, back up, uh, back to back episodes. Now he's back on. I've got Jordox. Hello, mate. How are you? Good, mate. Yes, good to be on again. And yeah, this is actually my favourite time of the fantasy season because the Monday after the buys, across the formats, you take all of your players from the bench, put them on the field and you look and then it's like, hey, my team's pretty good. I like the look of this team because for the last three weeks, we've been looking at team, our team with patches and holes and hoping yeah. this rookie can score more than 30. But now I've got, yeah, a lot of primos ready to go. Still a fair bit of work to do, though. All right. Well, we're going to help uh, coaches that find themselves in that position. Of course, a massive shout out to a couple of brand new Patreons that have joined our supporter group. All the links for that, by the way, coachespanel.tv, where you can get exclusive access, podcasts, content, articles, group chats, and a bunch of other things. Links for that at coachespanel.tv. Big thanks to Saw Guerrera and also John Bolland. We appreciate you lads and the support of the Coaches Panel in 2021. All right. Why don't we start rather than looking at the clubs that have come off the buys, and we'll, we'll look at some players like that. And there are some obvious, probably three big names that across all the formats coaches want us to dive into. But let's specifically, just for the moment, lean ourselves to probably more a limited trade format of the game. So your super coach and dream team. I think it's still going to help AFL fantasy coaches, um, but it's probably more leaning towards that format simply because. Limited trades, once they're gone, they're gone. And so, Ben, maybe I'll get you to get your take on this as we kind of open up this conversation. With trades running out, some coaches have anywhere from four to eight. There may be a few coaches that are in a luxury position of more than that, depending on how good their squad is, how lucky they've been, and a bunch of other factors. How many trades with nine weeks to go should we be banking for the inevitable long-term injuries or restings, or we're going to put them away in cotton wool for a brand new season. What's the approach a coach should be considering, especially um, I'll put it in the caveat of they're going for an overall rankings different. I know if it's, if it's league, but if they're going for an overall ranking, because Jordox want to get your take on leagues in a sec on this, um, what should an overall rankings focus coach do? Yeah, unfortunately, a bit of the answer is how long is a piece of string, MJ? Um, because there's there's all different answers to this. Now, my feel is that you don't want to have any less than four to five LTI trades. I feel four is very, very tight. 
Five is, I feel a little bit more comfortable about that. Um, six is terrific. And I think through the buy rounds, we got challenged, obviously, with that, the Richmond and West Coast fixtures changing. I think that changed a lot of plans, even though we got a couple of extra trades. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of teams right now are sitting on that six, five, four trades to go. So I think five is probably that, that golden number. Mm-hmm. Um, I know teams right now are looking at, they might have someone like a CJ on their, on their field. They might Thank have you. a harms on their field with, with Viney coming back in and they're trying to work out, okay, I might be able to get another 20 points. If I go up to a Whitfield, for example, might be able to get another 30 points. And I think one of the things that we should definitely work through today is, whether that's a viable strategy or whether it's better to sit and hold and um, try and save some points on the run home when we all know donuts become uh, the recipe for, for many fantasy coaches. Now, what, what is the role of a, a coach's bench play in that discussion? Is, mm-hmm. that a, is that an important factor for a coach to consider as well about whether or not using a GAF or in harms, let's stay with those two options. Yeah. At the moment, your team feels quote unquote complete with them. Um, you've got premiums or versions that feel close to it. That's what we're talking about, this handful of trades left. When does the bench options you have start to dictate whether you should go hard and make that move versus conserve and wait? Yeah, it's, it's another fascinating one. So I think with with rookies and, and CJ and Harms and it, all the different players you know, have on your bench, it's really important that if you've got great depth, okay, maybe you can go a little bit harder into cutting through those LTI trades. So maybe you're sitting on a CJ at uh, D7. Maybe you're sitting on a Phillips at F7. That's going to be quite common. Um, then it, it feels a little bit more comfortable to maybe go to that four LTIs, which is sort of my minimum uh, trade trades for now to the end of the season. Um, I know a lot of teams are struggling to even have quality depth because we have seen there's been quite a quite a few difficulties with cash generation through periods of the season and um, the rookies and the timing and all that. So I think, uh, yeah, if you've got great depth, it's a pretty obvious one, MJ. If you've got great depth, you can go a little bit shorter into it. But the reality is, again, this is, um, if I had a crystal ball, it would help a whole heap right now because- <laughs> Would it ever? I uh, know, because the reality is there's been seasons past where I've held on to trades and it's been the wrong call because we haven't seen very many injuries. Yeah. And in seasons past, I've also gone really hard and I've got a glut of injuries towards the end of the season, like a lot of coaches have. Mm. And suddenly I'm dealing with one or two uh, donuts, you know, for the, for the last sort of three weeks of the season. And that can be 200 points a week for the last three weeks of the season. So that's where, you know, I, I think there has to be a question of, okay, if I'm going to gain another 20 to 30 points each week, mm. I'd be able to catch this up by conserving a little bit now in the, the potential inevitability of, um, you know, early early uh, injuries and all that type of stuff and early, you know, surgeries and getting everyone right for the 2022 season. So, um, yeah, all in all, you want to have good bench depth, but that's what it is. So what defines good bench depth? Because some could define that as I've got Harry Jones who popped a good one score last week. I've got great bench depth. Is he that or is it a Caleb Poulter? Or is it as a name you've already alluded to there, a, a Tom Phillips or... Some might not have him anymore, but a Jordan DeGoey who who still does present value as far as I'm concerned once he gets back off suspension. Um, what's what's good bench depth? A pulse, a guy that's shown he can score, or a a premium that's not had a great year yet at this point? Yeah, I, I'd definitely be interested in, in your thoughts, but for me, it's mature age players. Yeah. Yeah, um, 100%. Like 
a guy like Caleb Poulter, okay, he's come halfway through the season. He's obviously done terrifically well, but he, he came off a season last year where I don't think he played, obviously wasn't playing senior footy. Um, you know, he's, he's getting built into the, the infrastructure. Colin was going through a tough season. There's going to be games where they don't get a whole heap of the ball. Can you really depend on that guy when, say, potentially, a, you know, a Dustin Martin has a week off towards the end of the season? Um, and you're really needing at that point in time, you're really needing to get an 80 and 90 sp- score. Can you depend on a Polter? Um, obviously, the inverse of that is Phillips hasn't been doing too well, but I have a lot more confidence in my premiums actually turning it around than my rookies are uh, producing for me on a week-to-week basis. And I, I have a lot of confidence in the, the second half of the season that a guy like Caleb, uh, a guy like Tom Phillips actually does grow a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I tend to think that players that have done much worse and expected turn it around typically uh, while rookies are never to be depended on entirely. Yeah, I think that's a fair call, man. I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, I don't think you can count a cow as safe coverage at any point in time, almost regardless of who they are. Um, they're not safe coverage. You want to build strong, solid depth. Now, you might not be in that position. Trades might have been and injuries might have been cruel to you that you just have to settle for the likes of a Newcomb, um, of the likes of a Callum Coleman-Jones, um, these sort of guys, and go, you're my cover and I'm going to hold and hope. Okay, that's the uniquenesses that can come to this side. We're, we're more talking about that ideal variables that you let these guys that have been underperforming that you've built around the problem or you're taking them at low value and hoping they can pop for you and put some pressure on your F6 or on your M8 or on your D6 or whatever it is. That's the ideal scenario that we're kind of alluding, which is where the harms all this. Um, Whitfield harms. Okay, what do I actually do? That's the kind of scenarios that we're talking from a rankings perspective. Jordox, for you, leagues has certainly been the, the place that you've had your greatest focus on in, in a period of time. Where does that where does that change? Ben's talking about strategy and structure and process for rankings. If you're going after leagues, where's that? What's that number? Is there a magic number that you're chasing for of LTI-based injuries? Yeah, I, I don't think there's a magic number. It, it's more dependent on on your side and 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 you know how you're looking in terms of um, a completed side or not. So I think rule of thumb is most upgrades are two trades. So if you've still got three upgrades that you want to make, um, you'd want to have at least six. And then, you know, in a perfect world, you want to have four for finals. So yeah. look, it'll depend on, on, on many things. One thing I will offer though, um, particularly I've noticed this year, looking at the run home, in the buys amongst the trading that we've done, there's been a few who have looked at a Jai Newcomb, for example, and thought after his debut, okay, I can ride him at M8 and I'm going to move a Tom Phillips on. And what obviously we saw last week, and, and I think I spoke about um, Bianco from the Pies on last week's podcast yeah, as well, thing. was he was someone I thought, oh, you ripper, I'll pop him at D6 or M8. He can just sit there and then I'm going to move Markov on or, or a Tom Phillips or... What I think the best strategy from here in this season, and I think, you know, the, the interrupted year that the juniors all sort of had last year with COVID, particularly the Victorian um, players, is they're just not lasting. And I don't think there's a kid that can be relied on on field. So my advice would be um, in both overall and head-to-head would be 
Get them uh, off. Get the kids off the field before you upgrade your uh, your Phillips and your arms and yeah, man. And I'm hundred percent with you, and I think you're right. I think if if leagues are your focus, you're holding on those four trades. That, that's a, that's a nice sort of number, and then it depends on where's your positioning in that league. Who are you playing against? Is this a must win? Do you have the opportunity to go? Okay, if this is a qualifying final, have I got this guy or girl covered? And if I do maybe I can run the gauntlet of doing a double trade in the final two rounds of, of the year. Mm. And all of a sudden you're in this great luxury position where, you know, I can completely get rid of my M10 now and, and, and get rid of every bit of cash off the bench off there. Cause I just don't need it. Um, so that's where the strategy starts to come in too. And um, in if place. you're in a final and, and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll paint a scenario for you. Um, so say you finish top four in your league and you're in a qualifier mm-hmm. and you have a player, a primo, who's got a two-week suspension. Yeah. If the kid replacing him has a good matchup, you could run the risk. And if you get the win, you skip the semi, you're through to the prelim. Totally. Holding that trade for the final two weeks. So they're the sorts of things you think about when you're in league. Um, but to have four for finals, I think this year would be you'd be very, very happy. It's been a, it's been a tough one. The you'd kids be pretty happy with that. Dropped a lot. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. It kind of brings me to that. The next thought of as we do get to both for overall and for league focused coaches, and certainly most of the coaches panel community rankings is the focus, and leagues is enjoyable and fun and great. Maybe it's a cash league, but but getting the greatest ranking focus you can is kind of there. Who are some guys, if you are trying to finish your team, maybe not so much on a budget, but you can't get up to the big dogs that you really would like to, to get to a completed team. So you might be going, oh, I want a Callum Mills or I want a Jack McRae. I, I, I want a Dane Zorko. These are just three random names I've picked. But if I spend up big on these blokes, I'll either in Dream Team and Supercoach not have a completed side and be stuck with these quasi options or a Biancos and Newcombs and Polters on field. Or in AFL Fantasy, you'll be getting to a quote complete team by round 21 or 22, which is way too late, um, even in that format, to be doing it. So, who are some guys that present? And Ben, I'll go to you first. Who are some guys that present value for us across the lines that we could maybe go and look to? Because the buys are done. So it's not about, okay, here are the eight teams coming off the buys. Let's look at these eight teams. Um, Like some of the past podcasts we've done. We don't care about the buys. It's now nine weeks. Everybody's available. All in go. Who are some guys that for you, Ben, maybe format specific or more generic that you go, there's value there. I like what he's doing. Are there any players that are jumping out for you, man? Yeah, mate. Um, I've got three for you. I've a uh, question without notice, but I've done yes. some quick research. Well done. Um, so one of the guys who I think was a clear option last week and is another clear option this week is Dan Houston in the nice. defensive line. So he's gone at about 85 average for the season. He had a, a bigger season last year, but he's sort of been playing a little bit through the midfield, a little bit off half back. He, um, had an, uh, a lower scoring game against Carlton, which sort of uh, injury impacted. Um, 
an injured game and, and that free fall is average, but for the first four rounds, he's averaging around 97. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, Port Adelaide's going all in for this season. So he's going to be playing every game. He's a, like a really good option and you can buy him right now for 567,000. Last week he was 533. So that was the ideal timing. Yeah. Um, but he's still got some good matchups. Uh, you know, I think Hawthorne in a couple of weeks, Sydney this round, I, I don't mind them. Collingwood round 19. But Ooh, nice. um, next on the list was Travis Boak. So nice. another guy that we spoke about actually a little bit last week. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been very, very good when he's he's received a little bit of a tag um, over the last sort of week or two. But he's really demonstrated that he's, he's fighting through it well. Yep. Another guy that uh, Port Adelaide is very much reliant on. Um, so he needs to perform in order for them to do well. Now he he only got, gained five thousand on his price tag, but you know he's already shown for a number of years how good he can be. And I I tend to think he's the one that out of this list I'm going to give you MJ. He's the one that I feel most confident about. Um, yeah. I just think he he's a guy that are uh, a little bit a little bit like a Joel Selwood from seasons past when he was more in his pomp. Or um, he's a guy I think that's going to hit the, his run home in the second half of the season. Um, yeah. Vet, some of the veterans have a really good uh, skill set of being able to produce their best football on the run home. And I think Travis Boak's going to prove to be one of them. But the final one who's uh, dropped down significantly over the last few weeks has actually been Jarman Impey. I like him. Um, so, he, so Impey right now is costing in Dream Team uh, at a 533000 oh. which is a significant cut from what he has been doing. So... Um, 536,000. So he's a forward. Um, he's averaging 86 this season. He's at a quite a last sort of three or five weeks, but yep. he's sort of shown that, um, and along along with a number of halfbacks this year, he's shown a, a great propensity to be able to score. Um, and look in that defense, in that forward line where we've really struggled for, you know, both con- continuity and also scoring. Um, we spoke about this at length last week, just a number of injuries going through there as well as the scoring not being so great. He's an option that I personally love, MJ. I think at, yeah, at 536K, nice. obviously, this has been a breakout season for him, but Hawthorne's heavily dependent on him driving out of um, halfback along with Jack Scrimshaw. So I think he's a he's a great option at the price, and you're probably never going to be able to buy him cheaper than his price right now. He's coming off a big week against Essendon. He's yep. not an ideal matchup with GWS next to come, but out of those bargain bin basement um, offers, mate, he's, he's the one I like. Yeah, I, I really like him. And and, and certainly in Supercoach, he, he was a key reason a lot of people started really well in that forward line along with Zeeble. Um, and, and even some of the questions I'm seeing from Patreons is, should we move him on? And my answer is no. He, he, he's, he's as likely as almost any other forward you're considering to move in to deliver a 90-plus score for you from now to the end of the year. Danger might be the only exception that you, you might want to argue me on, and that's fine. Zorko might be another one. That's fine. But you're but not paying the same amount. <laughs> it's a Yeah, it's a 200 difference, 200K difference to Zorko. Um, yeah, the danger field is also is another huge difference. That's about 100,000. So when we really are talking these final upgrades, we've got to mm. be looking at, What's it going to offer us? You know, maybe an impy allows you to go harms to Whitfield. Yeah, good call. Um, you know, so we've always got to be looking at these in in um, sets, not just individual. Yes, I do believe Dangerfield's going to score more than Jarman Impey. Sure. I, think, I think a lot of people are on that same boat. 
Yes, I believe Zorko is going to score a lot more than Impy, but what does it allow you to do with the other move that's always going to be at the forefront of your thinking? Yeah, no, it's a good shout, man. What about for you, Jordox? Are there any players that you're looking at them off the buy at the moment going or that are just value right now that you're like, yeah, that, that's a nice rounding yeah, out of my side? There's there's a few, hey, and, and, and there are bargains to be had this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I like the strategy of sometimes you go spend up on a big dog and then the next time you upgrade you look at a bit of value so here's a few i mean this one's going to be and i'll look at fantasy as well um just to um have a bit of difference to the the dream team guys i mean they're pretty similar but scott scott pendlebury is is going to be a popular one this week in fantasy as a forward yeah. um i was actually a little surprised by his numbers they were a lot better than i thought he'd only really had two um shocking games really and that was, we found out later, he had a, uh, an injury to his finger, I think it was. Yeah, injury and injury. Yeah. Yep. Um, now, I, I like midfielders for, for value because the difference between the um, best midfielders and the cheaper midfielders, I think, is smaller um, in points. Yep. But for the forwards and defenders, the price is much bigger. So in... The midfield for fantasy, there's a guy that I, I can't even believe I'm, I'm thinking about it, but Andrew Gaff is having a, a really weird year. And I think the problem that Gaff has had is he hasn't had his mates playing with him. Mm-hmm. So Tim Kelly, Luke Shuey, um, Yo has only just recently got back. So Gaff's yep. kind of been the, the, the senior guy and he's been forced to play um, more inside than what he prefers. And I just think he, he's got, I think, five of the last nine games at Optus Stadium. Nice. You might want to stay away from him this week. Um, he's got a high break even, and he's playing the dogs, so it will be, will be a tough game. But once those guys come in, like Shuey and Kelly and the like, Gaff can go back to the outside, have the experienced guys digging it out and then getting it to him on the outside. And we know he loves running up and down the, yes, the expanses of Optus Stadium. Um, in terms of price, I think he's uh, just a touch over 700. Um, but I think his break-even was, was pretty high around a 130. So I think you could get him for under 700. And if he can come home uh, like a steam train, that would be um, that would be pretty good, I reckon. And the other one in the midfield, sorry. Do you have a, no, no, no. I, I, I think that's really good. And some might look at his year and go, oh, but it hasn't been a great year. Exactly right. That's the you haven't missed those great scores. Look at that history of what in Dream Team and Fantasy is certainly the preferred spot to get him. Because in Supercoach, you've got a Scott Pendlebury who you alluded to there. He's at four hundred and twenty-four thousand. Like, don't overthink it. If you can't get up to a mm. Neil in a couple in a week or two, and I, I I'm not a fan of trading in Lockie Neil this week. He's getting Mark O'Connor. And he's as equally restricting and damaging right now as what DeBoer is to our premiums. So while Neil's value this week, you can wait another week. Nothing worse than trading a premium and getting a 70 or 80. Pendles is the next easy guy. Pendles in Supercoach and AFL Fantasy is the Toby Green, the Lockie Hunter, and uh, who was it, the obvious one? Uh, Josh Kelly the week before. Mm. It's And, and Nick yep. Haynes. They're the duh. Of course, they're the likely picks to go. Gaff for me is perfect. Yeah. That's a bang on call, man. He's a 110 guy. And with, 
With Gaff as well, uh, just having a look. So, Shuey's played one game this year, and that mm. was round three. Uh, that round up against Port Adelaide, Gaff put out 154. Nice. Which is tasty. Now, the other one's Brad Crouch, who, who has struggled mm. to yeah, – I think most of St Kilda have struggled. They've had a real awful year, really, compared to expectations. And Brad Crouch has come in and – yeah, he struggled, but he's really found his his form before the leading into the buys, and he's still cheap enough. And he's a guy that can really put a good score out there, even even when um, even when the side's not playing well. He just knows how to find it. So yeah, I've just seen a bit of the the old Adelaide Brad Crouch of late, and I think he you could get him for around seven forty as well. So some unique names. Pendlebury will be quite popular. Mm-hmm. Gaff and Crouch, I think, could be the unique types that you could. Um, Try and use to get uh, an advantage on the run home. Yeah, nice. Uh, th- there's a bunch of them. There's an article dropping uh, Thursday from me at coachespanel.tv. If you want to see who I think are some great options that are coming off the buy round, there's a bunch of them there. So depending on the time you're listening to this episode, it's either soon to come or it'll be there. Uh, so you can go and check that bad boy out at coachespanel.tv. Ben. I've got one more for you, MJ. Um, there's been I've been scanning and this one's a much more of a differential type pick, but someone I equally I'm really interested in and he'd be super unique right now is Zach Bailey. Oh, yes. Nice. He's a a mid forward and he's averaging the, the princely, uh, the princely average of 72 this season. (laughs) Nothing to get too excited about, but look, he's coming off a couple of games where he's gotten high nineties in dream team. So that's a a 92 back to back 99s actually against Melbourne and the, and the ruse. Yep. Um, a break even of 31. Um, now he does have Geelong this week, but afterwards it gets very tasty for him. So he's got Adelaide, Saints, Richmond, Hawthorne, G- uh, Gold Coast, Fremantle, Ooh. Collingwood, West Coast. It's a dream run. Well, it's the you list go. of the bottom 10 AFL teams right there. And he, he, owes, he owes Geelong. He will be very keen on tomorrow <laughs> night if we all recall round two when he was robbed of that free kick. Anyway, I digress. And he, he's a... He's a very, very good player. I can good see player. Zach Bailey being um, oh, a, a potential star of the competition is a little bit too strong, but he, he's not far off it. Yeah, He um, is very, very damaging as a footballer. I think that there will be games where Brisbane might look to sort of play him through the midfield as well, especially if uh, we're looking at t- games where they're potentially going to be quite dominant. I think they might throw him around. He's, he has the capacity to play midfield, of course. He He's been predominantly a forward so far this year, and he's done it exceptionally well. He's had a few games where he's kicked four goals, kicked three goals. So he's just another one I'd like to throw up there is as we sort of head into the the last couple of months of the season, it's never a bad idea to have a guy that might be a little bit unique for the run home. Yep. We're always looking for that. Um, you know, I, I bang on about Kane every week, but Kane, you know, demonstrates it so well. We're always looking for the next Sam Walsh. We're always looking yep. for the next breakout contender. And Zach Bailey is one that flashes to me as being that type of guy for us. So we're not going to get him cheaper. Um, you know, risk it for the biscuit. I like that. One for me, if you want to just a, an out-of-the-box one, defensive option, Shannon Hearn. There's a reason he's cheap, but I want to flag him for you. In a super coach, 453,400. And uh, he's coming in with a 2% ownership in dream team 581,200 with a two percent ownership super in afl fantasy 
2% ownership and just over 600K. So unique. Here's what you need to know. He's had one bad score. What was that? An injury impacted round six score. If you, and it's always dangerous to remove injury impacts out of it, but it's to look at it beyond that. Here's the thing. If you take that injury impacted score out, and it was in the opening minutes, so I'm prepared to do it. Normally I'm like, he got injured at quarter time, suck it up. But when it's in those first handful of minutes of the game, a little bit different for me. Here's what he would be averaging in Supercoach, 106. He's priced, remember what I told you, in Supercoach, he's priced for you at 453000 In AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, he would have been averaging a flat ton if you take that injury-impacted game. What is he in AFL Fantasy? 600000 you make money by trading Isaac coming to him. I wouldn't trade Isaac coming, but I'm telling you, you'd yeah. make money to Isaac coming. In Dream Team, he's 581000 That is, if you're not happy with a Sam Doherty, I wouldn't make this trade. I'm just telling you the value. You make hundred k via Sam Doherty. I would never do that trade. I'm just trying to highlight to you how freaking cheap he is, and he mm. scores every week when he's not injured. So he's my guy. Which brings me to the next question. We've MJ, already- that's yes, a great go. one, by the way. That's Thank just fan- uh, that's fantastic. And and look, right now Sam Doherty has a little bit of pressure on him. Like yeah. I, I know we're we're you know having a bit of fun with the name, but he has not been great for a little bit of time. Mm-mm. Coach is looking for the extra hundred k. I'm not ruling anything out, mate. I don't. It's all I, on the I table for me. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Why not yeah. have a go? I mean, I mean, he's Shannon Hearn has been fantastic. West Coast is going to launch another finals campaign. Um, yep. You know, there's there's worse ways to make $100,000. And this is the time of year when we have to get very creative. Um, so I can see a, a hell of a lot worse moves in that one. All right. And, it, and as Jordan said, what five out of the next nine made are at home? He goes okay at that if you want to go and look at the stats. The only, the only flag with Shannon Hearn, and I've got to be careful how I put this because I'm pretty sure he was born the same year I was. Um, <laughs> You call yourself up. It's getting a little long in the tooth, but no, nah, look, in all seriousness, you know, towards the back end as we approach finals, you know, they've got Alex Willardon, who I don't even think gets back in straight away. Um, they're going to want to get him in. And yeah, I'd be careful. Look, I'd be careful moving the Sam Doherty on. I just think that that's got the potential to explode. But take your point. You make the cash. Um, I just think if you... Oh, here's a controversial one. I've moved Jaden Short on before I moved Sam Doherty on. There you go. I love how we've somehow got to this place where guys that are averaging 90 over the year, we're like, yeah, get rid of him. He's done. That That, tells you. Mate, that sums up the back line in fantasy sides of 2021. It's been a gold mine. Yeah, no, it's it's been the line that has consistently delivered for us. And chances are, if you started with a premium option through there, They've been that for you for through the vast majority of the year. It has definitely been what's felt the most um, stable of our lines, especially in contrast to the injuries our forward lines have got. Um, we've mentioned this player's name already, um, but but there feels like there's, um, in fact, two of these three guys. It feels like this week there's three big names that coaches are talking about. Pendlebury, I don't think is one of them. I think AFL Fantasy, maybe his value's up because he's forward eligible. He's under 600,000. And the assumption, rightly or wrongly, is that he now will be midfield under Robert Harvey. That, that's the narrative. 
But there's three guys I think are getting more love across the formats that I'm keen on your lads take. One is a confirmed return from injury of Brody Grundy. According to the club, he would have been right and ready to go if they weren't even on the bye last week. So he's playing. That's already been confirmed from the club. So if you've held him in Dream Team and Supercoach, happy days. Well done. You've, you've just gained a premium onto your side. If you held him in AFL Fantasy, what the heck were you doing? Why would you hold a premium like that for three weeks in, a, in that format with that many trades? I don't get it, but bless you if you did that. You can move him onto your field. He's one. Lockie Neal, he was awesome last weekend. Like, was awesome and really has hit what many believe to be bottom out price looked good looked like 2020 want to get your lads thoughts on him and then the third is please patrick dangerfield come and save our forward lines um you were meant to do it at the start of the year you have played um very infrequently for a variety of different reasons in 2021 now please with a nice run no mitch duncan play him in the Midfield, not through the forward line, please, Scotty, please. Where do you lads sit? We can't get all three of them this week. Chances are we probably want two of the three, if not all three, ideally in our in our round 23 side. Benny, what's the priority for a coach? I know it's unique to each side, but who are those three, Benny, should we be targeting and focusing on first? So again, Pendles, Neil, and Danger were those the three names? Uh, Pen, uh, it was um, Grundy, Neil, and Danger. Okay. You can absolutely throw Pendles into that mix if you'd like. I was more flagging. I think fantasy is where he's getting the most love because of the forward status. His mm-hmm. value in the others, absolutely. But I think they're the big three names people are, are considering and looking at this week across the three formats. Across they're the, formats, the three yeah. that are highly yeah. relevant for all. So what do we do, well, Ben? I so let's do snap judgments. Mm. Um, Danger, not really exciting me. Neil, not exciting me at all this week. Grundy, this week. you can wait. Like, mm. I, I don't really like all three of them. So, Danger, I, I think, um, yes, I, I get the narrative around, okay, Geelong kind of need another midfielder to come in. But the worst situation that could occur for Danger right now is another injury. True. And they're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that doesn't happen because that could be a calamity for the, the cat season. If he if he sort of has a quieter game now now and then till the end of the season, that is not a disaster for Geelong. No. As long as he's got continuity. So I think he's going to play his 50% forward. He doesn't have the fitness. He, like he, he just hasn't played many games of football this year, MJ. So yeah. um, I, I'm not super excited about him. I do think he's going to be one of the top six forwards to here to the end of the season. Agreed. But you're paying, you know, a reasonable price for him. He's he doesn't um he doesn't knock the socks off me. Lockie Neal does knock the socks off me. Mm. Not this week. And why uh, this week? Now we know we've talked and alluded to it, but let's be really, really clear because some people can take you out of a context and go, Ben said, don't get Lockie Neal, and you're only saying, <laughs> wait seven days. Hundred percent. Well, it all comes down to uh, I think the number forty-two at Geelong, uh, Mark O'Connor. So yeah. he's been tagging incredibly well this season. Um, and we've got to we've got to factor in a couple of things with the with tags and with upgrades. Now, Lockie Neal has been tag has been found to be taggable this season. Um, we've yep. got evidence of it. Um, Even last year, up. Ryan Clark got him. Once. He's always yeah. yeah, he's always been quite taggable. Yeah, strong evidence of it this season. So. 
he's got a break even of 118 in in Dream Team. Mm. Um, now he's he's dropped down to seven and 111 seven seven 11k, so he's um dropped considerably from his starting price. But I just think we can wait one more week, and it comes down to points again, MJ. So we. Mm. If we can find something that can maybe be an upgrade on a different line or maybe uh, create money somewhere else and understand that, you know, the potential is there for Neil to potentially have an 80 type score. That's, that is well within the realms of possibility. Absolutely. And if that happens, then, you know, we can miss that score, grab him next week for, an, for a cheaper price, a discounted price. And we were just speaking about that Brisbane run, MJ. It applies to Lockie Neal as well. It is incredible. So I think the timing on round 16 for Lockie Neal could not be better, personally. Yeah, that Brisbane fixture, in case you're going, what are you talking about? What are you alluding to? Let me just walk you through the upcoming fixture that Brisbane have after Thursday night's game against Geelong. Adelaide, one of the easiest midfields to, to score against, and their best defensive stopper is Ben Keyes. He, he's not a tagger. St Kilda, look at what Adelaide did to them before the bye. Rory Laird destroyed him through the midfield. And, and this is no knock on Laird. He can't hold a candle to Lockie Neal. That's just how good Lockie Neal is in contrast. Richmond, one of the easiest midfielders to score against. They will let him have 56 irrelevant footy touches. They don't care. Hawthorne. Okay, maybe Warple tries to tag him. Maybe, but is he even in the Hawks' best 22 anymore? Like, you can build a narrative that, that he might not even be there. Gold Coast, incredibly easy to score against. Then it's Fremantle, Collingwood, and West Coast to wrap up the year. In, as an inside midfielder, Ben, you're right. And for so many midfielders at Brisbane, it's an incredible run. I think that's a really good shout from you on both those guys. Go, Jordox. Uh, just, just an alternate view on Neil, because the thing is, right, you might be wanting Neil, wanting Danger, and wanting Grundy, right? And they're mm-hmm. the three. All of them, there's strong arguments that this isn't the week. But yes. the trouble is, if we wait till next week, we can't get all three. And, geez, you'd have to double downgrade this week to get both next week. Mm-hmm. If you have to pick one uh, to do it this week, I don't mind Neil. If you want Neil, because of that run you just spoke about, if we go back to that round two game, which was a cracking game against Geelong, yeah, yeah. Um, Neil was carrying a, a, a neck or a back injury that, back. that he'd sort of got from, yeah, back injury that he'd gotten from the round before. And Mark O'Connor went to him and did an incredible job. Now, no one, to my knowledge, saw that coming. No one saw O'Connor being thrown into the guts. Nope. That was his first game. In round one, he didn't tag against um, Adelaide. So round two, he jumps on Neil, who's a bit proppy and a bit sore. I'm pretty confident tomorrow night, or sorry, whenever you're listening to this, this round, Thursday night, that Neil will score a ton. And I say that because they have had a long time to prepare for the O'Connor tag. They are a very good outfit, Brisbane, and I think they'll be ready for it. So my point is, if you need to grab one of Dangerfield or Neil and you're committed and you really want both of them and you had to pick one, I'd be saying, go Neil. I think he's going to have a good game. I don't think he's going to go nuts, but I'm predicting a low tongue. And I think uh, if that's the case, yeah. if, if, if that's the angle, then he's the option for you. If, if that's the narrative and that's the belief, the beauty of this game is 
time reveals um, whether yeah. it's right or wrong. Um, mm. and, 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 it, and it's all about what's the logic, what's the reasoning, what's within the realms of possibilities, and go for it. I, I don't have that same confidence, but you do. And, mm. and you've mapped out your why. Awesome. Yeah. Then you the bank it. The concern for me with Neil this this week, and it, and I completely get the angle that Jordox is coming from. I yeah, think it's agree. very well reasoned as well. But yeah, my concern with Lockie Neil is that the world in which Neil scores a fifty this week is much more likely because of the tag coming. Um, if we weren't, if we were going into the game and we're thinking, oh, I don't think there's a likely tag, I would be highly confident that we're going to get an eighty plus from Neil. But I can see a disastrous score occurring or the chances of a disastrous score occurring are certainly exacerbated. Um, and he's been one that has just been, that has been shown to really struggle with the, with the tag. So I don't think... I think uh, yeah, I think... Sorry, go for it, mate. Yeah, well, I think if you're thinking that way and you're worried that he could be tagged to a 60 or 70, I don't think you get him. Yeah, I don't exactly. think you get him because... Exactly. because there's going to be tags that come ahead. You know, you know. You looked at the fixture. There's not a lot of tags ahead. But if I'm getting Neil, it's because I believe he's back to Brownlow form. Exactly. Not necessarily as elite as last year, but he's going to start shrugging off these taggers. If if you're worried he's going to get tagged to a sixty, I, I just won't touch him for the yep. rest of the year. I think. Um, I think that now, um, the that's draw right. the draw is too good for me. The draw is too good. No, I, yeah. He, Look, Zach Merritt can get tagged to a sixty. It doesn't. It doesn't make me scared because we've seen with Lockie Neal's ceiling, he can do everywhere else. else. Yeah. So I'd, I'd so be finding cash for Jared Lyons. In, now, in any Dangerfield, format, um, I, I'd pick Neal over ne- for after this week. If it's a pure line them up side by side across the formats, I'm on Neal mm-hmm. because it's not just Neal and Lyons. It's Neil and Cash with the cash. plus Lions. Yeah. So it's I now Neil and yeah. Whitfield. I don't want to be going to into the and back Hunt. end of the uh-huh. year yeah. worried yeah. that Neil's going to cop a tag from someone. And, and yeah, But anyway, look, I, I think everyone's going to have their thoughts on yeah, that. Of course. Dangerfield, Dangerfield's really interesting, isn't it? Because I think at halftime last week when I was watching him um, against Bulldogs, so you know, a challenging matchup in itself, I actually got the feeling, and I think, Benny, you're probably still there, that... Yeah, he might be one for the last few rounds of the year, not now. Um, but what I found interesting was that second half, um, when the game was on the line, I, I saw Dangerfield really give his all. I think he scored 55 points in the second half. Um, not sure exactly what his role was. And I agree, they're going to want to play him forward a bit. But, geez, the way Hawkins and um, Jeremy Cameron and Rowan are combining... Not bad. And now with Mitch Duncan out, oh, I reckon, yeah, I don't know. I've got a feeling danger will come good as well. So, yeah, I think you're going to want to have him at some point. Break even, break even 135 in Dream Team this week coming up against a really good team in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. This isn't the week for him. Yeah. yeah. It's, no, I it's agree. Simple. I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think there's, I a, there's a ton of really good coaches that have the – um, opposite opinion to me right now and are going sure. early on danger because the, the thinking as well always is in it and it's probably something I don't um, talk about enough but points over dollars always does apply um, totally. Totally. But, it, but the question is who can we who can we bring in this week and if if it is your final upgrade maybe you're willing to say okay I'm going to forego the 10, 10 20,000 um, and get those extra points on the field fair enough to 
Um, I think a lot of coaches still aren't in that situation. They're still struggling at maybe their D6 or they've got an, a Phillips at F6 or whatever the case might be. Yeah. And I think the, those options that we we're speaking about about 20 minutes ago, those, those value picks are probably more desirable this week. Um, and I think we can, I think Brody Grundy, who was the other guy we uh, brought up, I think this is a reasonably good week for me. Um, you know, is something that I, yeah, so I, I'm not super excited about Brody Grundy, but out of the three of them, um, with a break even of 100, having had like a, a good rest, probably a mini preseason with his, his sort of week of being, you know, fairly healthy and um, physically in a good place. You know, I think he's coming up against Fremantle. He's he's the elite scorer out of the three of them. Like he, he always just has been able to produce 110 plus. Yeah, um, captain option. Question, yeah, yeah. In team. My only question with Brody Grundy is, who are you moving to Brody Grundy? That's now, the key. Yeah, that's the key. So Nick Nadanui, MJ, dominant the last three, four, five weeks. Mm. You're not moving Nick Nad on, mate. Not if you picked him, no. No, um, Riley O'Brien, been very, very solid it's for been you. Been fine. You're yeah, holding on. 100%, mate. He he was one that we spoke about maybe a month back. And I said, if you if you were getting 100 average out of Riley O'Brien, that was a game-changing move for you. Yeah. And that's, that's basically what's played out. I think he might have done mid-90s or, or whatever the case might be. So... I don't think that that's a play. It's a 15-point upgrade. That's not a large enough upgrade. And he's either. playing Carlton and this week, O'Brien. Yeah. You've nailed it, Ben. The, the Grundy call is, is the more complicated one because, as you said, it depends who you've got there. When we talk about Dangerfield, when we talk about Neil, um, like a lot of people are looking at moving a Tom Phillips into a Dangerfield or, sure. a, or maybe a, a, you know, a, a fattened cow and a Dev Robertson to a Neil. I, I'm not thinking there's many people who have cash and have Flynn at R2 to go Flynn to Grundy. It's people with Riley O'Brien, Sean Darcy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it is a lot more complicated. I, I think an interesting thought on it, right, is um, particularly probably for fantasy because uh, the majority of people would have moved him on when he went down a few sure. weeks ago. The question, um, the question is now: um, Do I move my R two into Grundy? And it kind of depends. Well, did you have Grundy a few weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Because those that didn't didn't have to sacrifice that trade and did something else with their team. So now they're in a position where, yeah, maybe I'm in a better position because I never had Grundy. And I did something else the week that everyone else moved in as a sideways or, or a cash grab to an O'Brien or Darcy. Mm-hmm. So I think that really plays into it. Um, uh, yeah, I think if you've got O'Brien and Darcy, look, particularly O'Brien, um, I think the cash that he's going to still make in the next few weeks, the gap between him and Grundy price-wise, yeah. you're going to end up making a profit if you did do that uh, trade out when Grundy went down. I think if we focus on AFL fantasy, as you bring that one up this week um, with Brody Grundy, he's 798,000. He's got a, a, not a hugely challenging matchup. That's no disrespect to Sean Darcy, but, um, and as good as he's been, he's been brilliant. He does not move around the ground like Brody Grundy does. Um, he, 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 he will, he will create a contest at stoppage. Sure. He absolutely will do that. He'll thump and crash. There, there's, there's the good parts of Mumford in Sean Darcy as a ruckman. Um, but his break even's 141. You've then got in the forward line, 
three guys in AFL fantasy that present huge, unique value still for you. Toby Green, we're all, we talked about him a lot last week. He was pretty good. He was pretty good. Lockie Hunter against arguably one of the most difficult midfield matchups to get, still tunned up. He's still value in AFL fantasy. He's only 662,000. Oh, and then um, who else have we got? Scott Pendlebury, who after a hand injury and some weird movements from Buckley to protect his hand, has been thrown back into the midfield over the past fortnight and is 592,000 um, and has a break even of 76. I'm telling you this, no matter who or how you're getting there, you would run your Tracy, you would run your Flins, you would run your Amity, who's at 261,000. You would run your Reeves and bring in Pendles or, or Hunter or Green every day of the week for me over Grundy. You can wait that one extra week just because of that break even, just because of the value you get. And all of them have relatively nice matchups. Um, I can see Hunter and Gaff shaking hands at the start of the game and not seeing each other till the very end of the game on the same wing. And, and that's and both teams will be happy with that. Um, Green has proven to be still one of the most damaging options inside forward 50 and still getting centre bounce opportunities. And Pendles, unless he gets played in the forward pocket, he's a 90 guy because he just gets the ball and his young team need him. So for me, in that fantasy version, those are the three guys, let alone looking at the other options and other lines that I mentioned, <laughs> Shannon Hearn. Um, for me, Grundy's a wait-a-week guy, almost regardless of who you got. Pendlebury. He is, and... Oh, sorry, you go, Ben. No, I was just going to say, Pendlebury's too good a value. 590K, that is absurd. It's there, was a very, there was a very good reason why he was playing forward. And it wasn't because Scott Pendlebury is going to be the next forward for the Collingwood Football Club. Mm-mm. He was injured as there was something clearly wrong. We played, we watched Pendlebury for the last 10 years, basically be consistent day in, day out. And then suddenly he was getting about 10 or 15 touches and he didn't look like he wanted to get it. Something was up, mate. Something yeah. was up. He's been back to being in, in you know, very good form. Um, he's a terrific footballer. He's almost a timeless, ageless footballer. Um, there's so many, there's so many good things to say about him. I can see him even going to half back and being dominant there. Yeah. Um, to so, set up the play. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I and I honestly think from now to the end of the season, 90 minimum, 90 absolute minimum. And I wouldn't be surprised if we we're seeing a lot more than that. So he's a great one. Yeah. On um just going back to Grundy quickly, sure. I think this week is gonna be the week um if, if players who in fantasy, who got rid of um, Grundy a few weeks ago for Sean Darcy? This is the week where they're going to show that they um, that was the move, that was the right call. Because now, you know, you're right about all those, you know, value guys. But you can now turn one of your forwards into Grundy and push Sean Darcy into your forward line. Now, the last thing on Grundy I'll add is, sure. you're you're right. He, he's he's not well. He might reach his break even, but in all probability, he won't. So you will get him um, at least a smidge cheaper next week. Grundy is this figure for, for me that I remember earlier in the season, um, starting with the you know the rookie R2. I just think if you've got an opportunity to get Grundy, 
uh, yeah, you could wait a week, but other things could come up. And you may be looking in the rearview mirror at Grundy and his captain scores for the rest of the year thinking, that was the week I should have just paid up. Sometimes you just pay up. So if you can and, and you don't have much else going on and, and you're just going to be spewing if you don't, I, I'd, I'd grab him. I think it comes down to, because it's a fair shout. Uh, I think it does come down to what you know Ben said right at the top. It's how are you getting there? And what are you mm. needing to do to make it? That that ultimately is the key piece of the puzzle because you're right. All three of these guys, the Neil, um, the Grundy, and the Dangerfield, in, a, in an ideal world, we're heading into the final month of the year with these guys in our teams. That's the ideal world coaches want to be across formats. Um, now, life isn't about ideals. You're right. Circumstances happen. Injuries come. Plans need to change that's a part of great coaches learn to navigate that. Um, so if this is the only week you can get him and you've got a plan and that was always the plan and you're going to stick to that plan and there's nothing else you can do other than that move. Cool. Back that sucker in. Um, that's the most important thing. Have a plan, have a narrative about why you're making that plan as Ben and Jordox have both said, and you've seen map out the logic of why you're getting them, why you're getting them now what the risks are, what the benefits are. And then once you've do, done that, don't put any more further work into it. Just pull the trigger and make the trade because otherwise you'll, you'll live, live and die in doubt land. Um, and great coaches don't doubt themselves. They map it all out. So final bit on those three. Sure. Um, if you are someone, you're a coach who, who wants both Neil and Dangerfield and you're worried you won't be able to squeeze them in in, in the following weeks and you have to pick one, this week based on everything we said on the uh, matchups and, and fitness and where you think they're at Ben who would you take this week Dangerfield or Neil oh, out of those two I would uh, I'd take Neil but I wouldn't be happy about it Yeah, <laughs> Neil's got the ability to be the number mm. one scoring player in the game from now to the end of the year across the four maps yeah He's got that ability. Dangerfield um, could be the number one scoring forward from now to the end of the year. Someone has to be. But at at the price you're paying for Neil, if he can match a McRae, he can match an Oliver, he can match a Steele. At the price you're paying for Dangerfield at this point, you've got a guy like a Shy Bolton who we haven't mentioned yet, who's going Mm -hmm. at a 90 for the past eight weeks, a 95 over the past eight weeks. You've got so many great options coming through. You might even decide stuff in the last fortnight of the year. You're jumping back on the Josh Dunkley train. That might be one of your saved trades from now to the end of the year. So as great as he is, he's still towards the top of the pricey tree. Neil's crazy value. I'm with Ben across the formats. It's a great question, Jordox. Um, I'd be on Neil, but but I'd, I'd begrudgingly cry under my breath and hope like anything that Mark O'Connor just decides to have some form of empathy and compassion for him. Um, Neil, Neil, Neil will teach him a lesson tomorrow. 
All right. Well, I look forward to seeing that, um, how it all plays out. All right, lads, let's get into some of our Patreon questions uh, that have landed through. Of course, if you want to join that Patreon supporter group, get access to a bunch of different podcasts, articles, cash leagues you can get involved with, some secret conversational groups. Uh, All the links for that are at coachespanel.tv. I am going to throw some questions out to you, lads. And all you got to tell me, is what your thoughts are on these players. All right, let's go straight into it. Benny, I feel like we've kind of answered this question, but I'm going to give you some low-hanging fruit to start with. In Supercoach, Neil or Lyons, who's 35K cheaper? Uh, I think I like the uh, Lockie Neil um, out of those two, MJ. Yep, fair enough too. I don't mind that. I'm a fan of that. All right. AFL fantasy question for you, Jordox. From Tom, we're going to give you some time to think about that format for a second. Here's his scenario. He's currently ranked 51 overall. Uh, just so you know, uh, Jordox is doing quite nicely in that format too. So Tom, beware. He may try to sabotage you at this point. No, that's not our not style. Not at all. Not our <laughs> style. All right. There, and Ben, you might want to jump off the back of this too. We'll see how we go. Are there any aggressive strategies or some unique acquisitions that could give him a crack at the top 10? <clears throat> Sorry, I've just got a frog in my throat. Sorry. Any <clears throat> uh, for us there, Jordan? Uh, look, in terms of strategy, and, and well done, Tom. That's, that's incredible. Um, I could only hope to get that close to the top. But... Um, I think what you're in a position to do, and it kind of, it actually kind of depends on how much time you got up your sleeve, Tom, and maybe take a week off work or something. Have a look if you if you can. At maybe not all 50 of the teams ahead of you, but maybe pick the top 20. Yeah, nice. And just have a look at those teams and try and find someone that's not there that you like. And I'll give you a hint. Well, I won't give you a hint. I'll just tell you one that's not in many of those teams. Um, Dane Zorko. It doesn't appear in a lot of those top top sides. Um, it doesn't. It sounds like a strange one, but you got. I think a lot of that's probably more because he's had the two weeks off, and a lot of coaches would have jumped off because sure. um, he had the buy and suspension. But have a look at him because I think a lot of the top coaches and smart coaches this week will target Pendlebury. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We'll still be looking at the Toby Green and, and Zorko's quite highly priced, but. He's been fantastic. We talked about Brisbane's run home. Um, I'm not concerned about Neil being back in the squad, what effect that'll have on his midfield minutes, because Zorko, he zips all over the ground. He kicks goals. He lays tackles. Um, He's a star. So, look, that's just a name. But in terms of strategy, have a good look at, at some of those top teams and just try and pick a few players who aren't prevalent, mm-hmm. who you think are going to be good in the run home. And then, you know, how much time you got, Tom? Look at the 50 clubs behind you. <laughs> you could play defense and try and pick up some of those. But, but yeah, there's some thoughts. Good luck, Tom. Yeah, it's a good call. There's around about 700 points rounding it up between who's ranked at 50 and who's ranked first. So you're going to aim, mate, to, to try to make up 100 points a week. I, I think anything aiming more than that, in AFL fantasy, it's the hardest format to make up ground because everyone's got the same amount of available trades. At least in Dream Team and Supercoach, you've got the variable of out of trades, out of depth, and you can make up moves like Ben talked about at the top of the episode. So you need to aim for 100 
points a week to try to make up. And I think Jordak's good advice, man. Focus on that top 50, who's unique to that 50, and go for it. Um, get aggressive. Absolutely go for it. Um, you're only in a position to win a format once. You're a little bit off. You'd probably want to be within 500 points or 300 points, but it's achievable from there with some luck to go your way. Um, so Long get aggressive go. and go. Yeah, two, get aggressive and go. Words, two words I'll say as well, creative captaincy. Yeah, good shout. Yeah, don't follow yep. the crowd. Um, back it in. Like someone like a Taranto in AFL Fantasy is getting no captaincy love most weeks. And yet you look at he what the guy, <laughs> he probably will this week, absolutely, because of recency bias. But for me, like a, a Jack steals a, a banging vice captaincy option this week against a Richmond, because with two exceptions since round two, he's turned up every single week. And when he turns up, these are his last five tons in AFL fantasy. 133, 137, 118, 117, 136. So when he tons, he tons. Um, and so don't just feel it's got to be a Gorn McRae merit. And then this could be a good week with an Aaron Hall. Could be. Well. Yeah, so Aaron Hall. I like that. Gold yeah. Coast um, is a Saturday afternoon fixture. I mean, yeah, there's always options, and and the reality is it's so it's so rare that the majority or the the wisdom of the crowd is right to the <laughs> getting the the first player of the week, you know, getting yeah. that top scorer. So have a bit of fun. It's a good way to pick up another twenty points. It yeah. is it's very risky, and I think MJ, you nailed the number one question on the the top of my head when I, I hear a question like that: is Are you playing to win it all, or are you playing for the best rank? If you're playing for the best rank, it's a different strategy. You do yeah. follow the crowd. You think, okay, you're I'm humbled. very confident in this scenario. But, mate, play to win. This only Go happens every so often. It's a big gap to catch up. So you've got to be getting adventurous. But, mate, you've done really well up until this point. Trust the intuition. You might be able to get to the top. Yeah, no, it's a really, really good call, man. I like that one. Benny, while we're with you, we'll say with the, uh, Brendan's got a dream team question. He wants to lay out his forward dilemma to you. Current forward line is this. Dusty, Zorko, Zebel, Hall, Langford, and Phillips. But he's considering moving Phillips on with the intention of getting Neil next week as his last premium. Three trades left after finishing his team. So that's once he maps that out. Who's the best options out of Bolton, Sidebottom, Dangerfield, and Green? There's more to the question, but the, um, that can start to roll, load the dice a bit. Who's the best forward for him left to get? Bolton, Sidebottom, Dangerfield, and Green? Uh, I'd, I'd probably say Green personally, but I, yeah. I actually think three trades is too short, MJ. Yeah, I think you're shallow. So, yep, so... I would be questioning, okay, if we can get a Toby Green in, and I know a lot of people would say Dangerfield's the man. Sure. Um, we're, we're talking about maybe a 15 to 20 point upgrade, mm -hmm. which is really one or two zeros or donuts that you're dealing with towards the end of the season. I just don't think it's the right play. I think three trades is cutting it too fine. Yep. Now, you like we were just talking about risk aversion and, and you know, going all out for it. Yep. Um, obviously, AF's a little bit different with the unlimited trades, but I'm I'm risk of I'm actually quite a risk taker. You are. Hate, I I think um four trades is cutting it really fine. Three just makes me feel uneasy. So I would say you know look maybe hold on to a Phillips if you really can't stomach it. 
Um, sometimes it's a good it's a good one to learn the lessons. So maybe go out and, and make the trade. Yeah. And then you know if if predict like what I see is being predictable is three trades is going to be too few. Yep. See what happens in the for the rest of the season. Like it's painful going to going through those last three or four rounds where you don't have a trade and you're copying zeros on the field. And that will that will uh, live with you for a long time, and you'll never forget that. So sometimes it's a it's a mistake that's a good one to make. Yeah, I think that's a really really good shout, man. I I, I quite like that. Uh, Chris has a question. Uh, let me answer it for you, Chris, very very quickly. You are torn between upgrading Harms to an Uber or getting your last rookie off your field um, and getting in Pendles. I think I know the better play, but interested in your point. He's inside the top hundred. Here's the play, mate. Yeah, get the cows off the field. There are about 10 fantasy footy 101s. One of them is buy low, sell high. Sure. Another of them is get the cow off your ground. Those that were playing Newcomb last week by design, not just to get to 18, but by design, learnt that out. Those that played Bianco on field the week before by design, learnt that the hard way. Amity's been good, mate. And I don't see a reason why he's not going to be good. But he's a two-game AFL player. If the option is to get him onto my field or a Pendles, yeah, you're taking the premium. Uh, so good luck with that. Uh, all right, here we go. Sarah has a question for you, Jordox, an AFL fantasy one. Uh, she's trying to decide between the following trades. In, Gorn, and Rao. Rao would be the closest thing she has to a, an upgrade to go or in Max and Amity, Amity would need to probably be on the field. What are you thinking there, man? Um, it's, so it's gone either way or it's Amity with a bit of cash or do you take a bit of value or potential value in Rao? For... Yeah, I thought that that an obvious answer there, go the cash grab, but geez, Rao could turn it. I, I know he's struggled and it's it's going to be a slow burn. Yeah. Oh, that's a tricky one. Um, Bank the cash and run, Sarah, would be my answer. And if Rao turns, he'll still be worth getting next week. Amity won't be worth getting yep. next week. Uh, at that break even. So take the cash. Sorry, sorry, mate, but it's too soon for Rao right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's shown moments in a game, like like a a, a couple of touches where you go, oh, I remember this, but but he's done nothing more than moments. And to get him in... Yeah, it's 200K. You need more than moments. He's played played eight games, hasn't he? Yeah, and and two of them have been basically injured from the start. Yeah. So six full games of footy, basically. Yeah. And we, you know, I'm one of his, I mean, we're all big fans of Rao. I, I love him to death. But yeah, is it Jeff? I think we can cool a little bit off on him next for now. And I think if he gets a great preseason in, I think 2022 is the year for, for Matty Rao. But I could be wrong. It, it might turn it around very quickly. But uh, I think, you know, he, he's just missed so much football now that it was a good year and a half he missed the footy. It's... He's a he's a freak, but he's not a robot. So I think we we just better um slow down with him. Yeah, it's a good Round question. Round one next year, we'll have him. He will be. I'm calling it now. He will be the most popular selection of 2022. 
people. Oh, he, he would have been this year, wasn't he? Uh, he pr- and last he, year. He was pretty close <laughs> to it this year, to be fair. Um, he was, yeah. And he was value in most of the formats. Um, it, it's going to be increasingly. With the injuries he's had, he just needs confidence and a preseason, um, and he'll get that. Um, if he can get an injury-free preseason, which he, he has not yet had, first-year players in an AFL system get babied into the league. And I don't care if you're Matt Rowe or Sam Walsh, you get babied into a preseason. His second preseason, quote-unquote, was coming back from that injury um, and was working his way through. If he can get through the back end of this year and actually get a preseason, yeah, every man and his dog will be all over him. So nice, Sarah, maybe in a week or two, but for me, not just yet. Uh, Fellow panellist Johnny Coombs has a question. I want to give you this one, Benny. Super coach question specific, but certainly could be opened up across the formats. I'll paraphrase him. What the heck do we do with Heaney? No, what he's really asking, is there a case for holding Isaac Heaney? You've held him through the bye, maybe, but is there a case for holding Isaac in Supercoach, Ben? Trades, 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 MJ. How many have you got left? That, that's, <laughs> that's a variable, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Heaney's a, uh, it's been an injury liability. Um, we all know when he is a hundred percent with his body. He's a phenomenal footballer and he will continue to be so. But I think uh, week to week as Longmire's, uh, you know, told the press on numerous occasions. Now, Isaac's struggling to get up. Um, it's a, you know, it's a proposition. I think Sydney's looking fairly strong for finals, but they are, they are still around the mark where they could be taken. So they yeah. are trying to win win uh, week to week. So I think, you know, Heaney's as likely to score a 50 as he is to score a 90. Yeah. He's a good guy. He's a good guy to trade him out. I would personally be trading him out before Tom Phillips, for example. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's that's sort of where I see it. But it, it comes down to trades. If you've got four trades left, you're going to be holding Isaac Heaney. He's F6. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a really good call. Yeah. I think the, the case for holding him, though, if, if we were to make one, is yep. the buy. He's just had the break. Bit fresher. And- yeah, yeah, and and you've sort of you've sort of made your bed. You kind of have to hold on to him now. I think for a little yeah, bit, you uh, know, unless you're swimming in trades, um, because he could be the one that could still pop. I mean, he had a couple of quiet ones. He had a couple of big ones. The the fixture coming up is is pretty nasty. Port Adelaide, West Coast Bulldogs, and the Giants. Um, but yeah, the buy will do Heaney and many others. The world are good. I, I think you've just rolled that fixture out nice. And you make a good point about the buy. I think if you've held him at this point and you hear that fixture coming up, knowing how much forward time he plays, that that's probably enough of a case to go, you know what, even if I've only got four trades, I'm probably moving him on. Um, at this point, Sherlock <laughs> just might have moved you on. Uh, we've already answered Paul's question a little bit. Paul Erickson wants to know, um, he's keen on Brad Crouch. You've already heard Jordox's take on that earlier in the episode, but was keen on, do you move on a Poultra or a Giath first? You move on the cow, mate. You absolutely move on the cow. The only reason you don't is if GF isn't named this week and Poulter is, then change structure and strategy, sure. But away you go. Uh, last question, we'll throw it back to you, uh, Benny, before we look to wrap up this episode. We've kind of covered it, but we want to make sure we, we specifically help our Patreons out. Is Isaac Cumming scoring well enough at D6 in DT? He's got the cash to upgrade to a Mills or to a Whitfield in a single trade. But that would only leave him with five trades left. The rest of his team, he's dubbing 
completed. So it's a little different to some of the others. Um, and now, again, we don't know what that other completed uh, definition is or isn't. But if in one single trade, you can still have five trades left and get a Whitfield or Mills, is it worth it from an Isaac coming? No. One word answers, mate. It's that time of night, let's be honest. Um, no, quite frankly, that's that's really a really, really clear one. Um Isaac Cummings been fantastic for the last, you know, three, four, five weeks. He's been fantastic for the, the season. For the year, so, to be fair, yeah. Yeah. Um, the upgrades just we've really got to be looking at it as we have eight, seven weeks to play. What what are we up to around now? Around nine 15, to go. Nine nine weeks ago. If we're getting 15 points a week. That's 135 points we're getting for the season. That's not enough for one upgrade. The, yep. We need to be trading the trades like gold right now. So I'm well into hold on to Isaac coming, hold the trade back. Yep. And you know, you know, next week or the week after, if we if we go with sort of a few more rounds in, maybe we get to six rounds to go, five sure. rounds to go, we've got our four or five trades in, then we can get a little bit more creative with it if there there aren't any LTIs. I suspect there's going to be a few LTIs, but yeah. um, he, he's an absolute no-brainer for me to hold because I, I think Isaac Cummings has been fantastic and the upgrade just does not provide the value. Yeah, Jordox? Yeah, it, it's a good point. And, and the question you'd want to ask, I'd love to know from Craig, is, is when you say the rest of the team is completed, um, I'd love what to know, do you have a... Well, do you have a harm? Do you have a mark of? Surely there's got to be someone else because I, I think if you can get to a Mills or a Whitfield, you, you know, you would. But look, the thing with Cumming as well, his recent scores have been um, really nice. So his break even's low. So you can just wait. You know, even if Whitfield um, goes up, yeah. Cumming's going to go up, same price, same with Mills. Um, Lockie Ash was out last week. He was? Yeah. If he comes back in, does coming have the same scoring that that'd be the thing to watch but there's no gone, need to do it this week yeah he's gone 119 89 and 113 in his last three so he's it's certainly three of his his best weeks but but that's as good as anywhere else my, my encouragement craig would be deepen your bench if nothing else deepen your pool if that trade's burning in your pocket can you use a single trade to get a locky kneel in and push at your m8 up and across can you do that single trade to deepen your squad maybe that's going to be of more benefit or you could just hold and wait um but I, yeah, I, I'm, it's not, I'm with benny it's, I don't, I don't it's think not a bad move. it's not a bad trade it's just don't do it now just wait and see okay. yeah how, how good is he going if isaac cummings the the worst player on his m on his oh, i know it, like, it's craig man. for those that have been a part of our patreon community and, and long-term dream teamers when you see the name craig keel you're like oh i'm not again um and it's generally towards the top of a ranking so yeah you're going okay when you're looking at a bloke that's got a last three average in isaac coming where you're going oh what's your last three? Oh, 107 yeah that's my worst you're going okay, Craig. You're going uh, okay, mate. That's off, Craig, then. Well done, mate. Well done to him, mate. All right, that's going to wrap up this episode. Jordox, a pleasure, mate. Thanks for your work on this episode. Good stuff, boys. And Ben, mate, always uh, full of wisdom for us. Thank you. Thanks, MJ. Thanks, Jordox.
Uh, if you want to go back and uh, check out any of the other podcasts we've dropped, honestly, why would you? Because they're dated now, but you can. Uh, they are available for you. Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Do make sure you leave a, a five-star rating and a review. It helps others find what you already know about the coaches panel. There's articles dropping pretty much every day uh, where there isn't a game of footy on at coachespanel.tv. Always some wisdom from the panel, uh, whether you play salary cap formats, drafts, whatever it is, there's something in there for you uh, next week there's an extra podcast coming for everybody why because it's the round 15 final dpp editions for ultimate footy so you'll get to hear the dulcet tones of jimmy uh, plenty of draft news landing at coachespanel.tv and of course always some secret and exclusive stuff for our patreons all the links are at coachespanel.tv Footy starts Thursday. Make sure you keep an eye on your rolling lockouts. The fixture times have adjusted a little bit too. So go and check out your fixtures for all the details about that. But until we chat to you next week, good luck. And from all of us here at the Coaches Panel, we'll talk to you soon.